Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and healthier people. Hi, my name is Julia, and I am your host. Every week, I take a concept, a technique, or a story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you with your practice of self-inquiry. So, here we go. Welcome back to the Being Better podcast. I'm Julia and my job on this show is to introduce you to new ways in which we can all become more joyful, happy, wise and compassionate towards others and ourselves. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I am so happy you're here. I hope that you and your loved ones are doing great and I'm going to jump straight into the recommendation of the week segment because I want to recommend you Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. I really loved this book and I think you're gonna like it as well. I read it actually like a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why I forgot to recommend it. I think it was like I just had a lot of interviews and other guests were recommending other things. So basically Siddhartha is the story of a man living in the time of the Buddha and it's like his own spiritual journey toward enlightenment, but it's not the conventional story of Buddha that we all know and adore. Like I, like I said, it's not a story about the Buddha at all. The book chronicles the spiritual evolution of a man living in India at the same time as the Buddha. And it's like this interesting take on an age-old tale. And we are invited along this quite extraordinary journey experiencing Siddhartha's highs and lows and loves and disappointments along the way. You know, drawing parallels with Buddha, Hesse shows us the life of a privileged Brahmin's son who grows increasingly dissatisfied with the life expected of him. And as with the Buddha, Siddhartha's too sets out on a journey that takes him finally to the path of enlightenment and along the way we get to see the beauty and the intricacies of the mind nature and just experiences. The book does show in great detail the inner struggles that all of us can relate to, the suffering we all share, then the fleeting strands of joy and happiness for which we strive and I think, you know, the book really represents that enlightenment cannot be taught to anyone. You have to be on your own journey and that journey will look different for different people. And, you know, I don't want to kind of spoil the book for you, but Siddhartha goes through a lot of different ways of living and he experiences a lot of things. And I just keep coming back to this book, you know, even though I read it like, I don't know, a month or two ago, I just keep coming back to it because anytime I just feel like I don't want to do something or I just am unsure about doing something because I feel like it's not the type of thing that I do, I remind myself that actually I need to try a lot of things like Siddhartha did because there are so many lessons in different ways of living and they can all lead me towards spiritual growth. I'm not going to use the word enlightenment because I... I know that I will never reach that, 
But yeah, I think the book is incredible and it's beautifully written and I think you're gonna have a great time reading it. So my recommendation for you this week is Siddhartha. So now I want to talk about music as you can see from the title. The topic of this week's episode is music and I recently kind of in the past two years I kind of lost touch if I can say that with music you know I love podcasts as a means of education and entertainment I love being able to take advantage of both of these aspects while doing other tasks I usually listen to podcasts while I commute or clean the house or go shopping but these are the situations when I would usually listen to music and so listening to podcasts recently has taken the place of music and that is actually something that I don't think is good uh, because I am a very musical person I, I think as many of us are and there are few things that get me as happy and energized as music does and so recently I have come back to listening to more music and more than that listening to newly discovered songs because I would say like in this past two years or so, I just been have been mostly listening to the same songs that I have added to my playlists, you know, years ago. But now, uh, these days, I'm actively trying to expose myself to new genres and new types of music. And I have to say, I've been really enjoying it. I think it leads to a lot of growth, which I'm going to talk about later. Um, I just think that Listening to something good can make my whole mood and I can find myself in the evening wondering why I was so happy and energized the whole day. And then I remind myself, oh, actually, you know, it was just that I had a great, you know, listening session while I was commuting. And because of all of this and because I'm such a sucker for scientific explanations and deep dives into you know google scholar i was recently wondering why music makes us feel so good why have cultures all around the world developed playing instruments or singing as a part of their tradition you know these cultures that have nothing to do with one another why are we so drawn to it and you know does it have any sort of economic or evolutionary or health benefits and what role does our taste in different genres play in all of this so I've done a lot of research and was amazed with what I found uh, so now let's answer all of these questions and just become collectively mesmerized with you know music and how amazing it is that humanity has developed this incredibly powerful tool so yeah, let's dive in. Scientifically speaking, you know, sound is just waves of pressure that are transmitted through air, water or, or solid materials. And music is basically those same vibrations only arranged in, a, in very specific patterns. So barking dogs or jackhammers or symphony orchestras are all just vibrations. But, you know, I personally have never been overcome with emotions while listening to a jackhammer. So how does music work? So first of all, it's worth pointing out that music really is universal. So whether you are hearing it through your ears or feeling something like rhythm through vibrations, 
it's been found to be part of every known human culture and even as infants we react to it and we enjoy it. Different cultures also seem to use similar types of music for similar things and this kind of suggests that music has an evolutionary purpose which is something that scientists as far back as Darwin have proposed. They've suggested that it could have been a kind of language before we had words or an auditory way to convey what's usually expressed by movement. So music was just an easier way of communication and communication was important. I mean, one of the most important ways that humans gained evolutionary advantages over other species is because, you know, they were so good at being social. And music helps us with that, you know, from military marches to lullabies to, you know, Beyonce concerts, the emotion in music can truly bind people together. And so I was curious, how does that happen? Is there a way that music influences the brain? And actually, it does. Um, all those years ago, there was this idea that languages are on the left side of the brain and music is on the right side of the brain. But now that we have got better quality tools and higher resolution neuroimaging and better experimental methods, scientists discovered that that's not at all right. So when it comes to how that plays out in different regions of the brain, when music enters, you know, through our ears and then gets shuttled off to different parts of the brain, it stops at specialized processing units in the auditory cortex. They track loudness and pitch. And then there's visual cortex activation when you are, for example, reading music as a musician or when you are watching music. Also, motor cortex is activated when you are tapping your feet or snapping your fingers or clapping your hands. You know, the cerebellum, which mediates the emotional response of the memory system, is activated. Also, the hippocampus is activated when hearing a familiar passage, when you are finding it somewhere in your memory banks. And while speaking about, you know, familiar passages, there's actually a lot of benefits when it comes to listening to music you already know. Because here's the interesting part. Dopamine, which is released while we re listen to music, is not only released during, you know, these peak musical moments, but also when we anticipate those moments. You know, humans are expert predictors. We are always trying to figure out what's going to happen next and why in all different areas of our life. And as we listen to music, our brains are continuously trying to guess what's coming up uh, based on what we have just heard and based on our experience of music over our lives. And that's why you can get more pleasure out of listening to a song for the fifth time rather than when you listen to it for the first time. I don't know if you notice that, but for me, that's definitely a thing. When I listen to a song for the first time, it's nice when I like it, but then I get more and more obsessed with it and the 10th time is usually um, even more fun so yeah music is going on in both halves of the brain you know the left the right the front the back the inside the outside music stimulates just about every region of the brain even the reward pathways that crave things like drugs it's as if it were in our genes i mean nobody has to teach babies to dance to a beat they just do it. 
And I bet nobody taught you what music sounds happy or what music is sad. You just know it. But even if there is a good explanation for how it influences our brain, it's a little more complicated to explain why it influences our emotions and our well-being and why you can feel so good when you listen to, you know, Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles or, you know, Single Ladies by Beyonce. There are many theories and there is no definite answer, but through my research, I found uh, some that I think are very, very likely. So one thing that we have to think about is that one of the first thing that happens when music enters our brains is the triggering of pleasure centers that release dopamine, which as you probably know is the neurotransmitter that makes you feel happy. It's the same region that is activated when we have sex or eat good food. It's the same region that is activated when we, you know, take certain drugs. It's just that music is something that we find pleasurable. But I think it doesn't necessarily have to be that music makes us happy and therefore, for example, we dance and move. I think it can be the other way around. It might be that we dance and we tap our fingers and then the movement releases even more dopamine we, because we have to remember that music often creates strong action tendencies to move in coordination with the beat and melody, for example, dancing and foot tapping. Our internal rhythms like the heart rate or intrinsic oscillations of neurons in the brain speed up or slow down to become one with the music. So apart from music making our whole brain active, it also moves our body. And it is well known that moving releases all kinds of neurotransmitters that make us happy. So it's kind of hard to decide if we are happy because of music and therefore we dance or we dance because of music and therefore we are happy. But, you know, music doesn't necessarily have to make us feel happy. It makes us feel a lot of different things. And a possibility for why that is, is that once we've understood what the emotional content of music is, it activates a population of brain cells that are called mirror neurons. These cells mentally stimulate behaviors that we perceive in the world around us, which help us with social understanding and with empathy. And in this case, they allow us to empathize with the emotion of the music, triggering the same emotions in us by activating the limbic system, which is the emotion hub of the brain. So listeners mirror their reactions to what the music expresses, um, such as, you know, sadness from sad music in the minor key or cheer from happy music in the major keys. And in this way, it is pretty easy to understand why cultures all around the world use music. Because it's an amazing tool that makes us connect better and easier. And it's just simpler, you know. This is why we have facial expressions. It's because when I smile and you smile, you can feel happier and feel what I feel. 
when you are sad, then I make the same face as you do. And then internally, I feel what you feel and it makes me understand you better. And from an evolutionary standpoint, that is very useful. So to kind of sum it all up, there are multiple reasons for why we are drawn to music. You know, we listen to regulate arousal and our mood um, to achieve self-awareness and understand our emotions better you know sometimes we are sad and we listen to sad music not because you know we want to we want to get more sad but because we want to really understand what's going on within I'm sure that you know that feeling that you know when you listen to music you can stop kind of escaping your feelings and sit with those thoughts and emotions for a second and that leads to better self-awareness so there are a lot of studies that prove that we actually do that and we actually use music to also understand ourselves better and lastly it's also an expression of social relatedness and we use it to understand one another and I think this is so incredible and for me that's just kind of not enough I think that there are so many other questions that I want to ask about music, but I would be satisfied with this for now. And I also want to talk about other health benefits of music because I, you know, through researching about the brain and why it makes us happy and why we even have music, um, I stumbled upon other health benefits. And the first one and the most obvious one is that music makes us want to move. And the benefit of moving and dancing are well documented. So because through these thousands of years of evolution, we developed this tendency to move in coordination with the beat and melody and we like to dance um, because it's also in way of communication, we move and exercise is healthy and um, that way music can alter your breath rate, your heart rate and your blood pressure depending of course on music's intensity and tempo and you know if you want to calm yourself down music is also an amazing way of doing that you can decrease your breath rate, you can decrease your heart rate, you can slow down, you can kind of stop dancing that is also another way of using it and I think it's it's so useful that you can you know use it both ways and another benefit is that music decreases fatigue I mean I think anyone who has ever you know rolled down car windows and turned up the radio knows that music can be extremely energizing and sometimes when you need you know that spark of of energy when you are sitting over some work and it's late and you put a song it's you know better than a shot of coffee so music can energize us and through that it also boosts physical performance i think um exercise enthusiasts have known uh, that music enhances their performance there was this research review that confirmed that working out with music improved uh, mood and it helped the body exercise more efficiently and it cuts down on your awareness of exertion and working out with music also leads to longer workouts i'm sure you know i'm sure you exercise with music uh, i know that when i run and when i listen to music i am usually faster and more energized than when i listen to podcasts 
which I love by the way I'm not gonna pretend now that I'm not gonna listen to podcasts anymore because I think it's still an amazing tool and I still want to use it but yeah I can deny that music is just a very powerful and there are countless studies and um, research reviews that can confirm that and I don't want to keep you here you know there are many 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 more benefits of listening to music like you know reducing anxiety and blood pressure and pain as well as improving sleep quality and mood and mental alertness and even memory but I think I've gone on long enough and yeah the bottom line is that music is great and whether it was by chance or by evolution music is the true language of humanity because no matter where you are from you will probably be able to understand me through what beat I play to you uh, or on my instrument or whatever whatever the reason is our ancestors have been playing music for longer than any of us knew I mean recently a bone flute was found in Germany from like over 40,000 years ago and you know music is in our blood and our bones and our brains because it has been a part of what it means to be humans for those thousands and thousands of years. I think we rarely talk or think about how amazing music is and how crazy it is that we developed it. I mean I would argue that it's one of the most important creations or maybe rather discoveries because I don't know if music was created let's say that it's like the most important discovery of mankind since the beginning of time it's so amazing as a way of expressing ourselves like it's art but it's also a tool and we can use it for health and recovery and for people that have speech disorders music can help with recovery from that and I am just in awe you know just doing that research made me just want to put some water and then some ACDC and just you know stand up and dance and I hope you have the chance to do that too. That's going to be it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. My insight of the week is going to be a very quick one. So for anyone new here, the insight of the week segment is when I share something, some realization that I had or experience that I had the past week um, that I think is worth sharing that made me appreciate something or made me thing about something important and anyway you know we had the time change on Halloween and it's you know dark again from 4 p.m and it's unpleasant and you know the days are shorter and it's colder and everything seems to be a bit harder and you know when I want to go out for a run in the morning it's dark and I have to run with a head torch and it's all you know it's often raining and I just think that we need to be more gentle uh, with ourselves during the colder months and I realize that in my example I don't know if you can relate to that but I think you know it's a hard time and I often stress about not working out or sleeping longer or just staying in 
but we have to think about that we are not designed to be productive or to go out when it's cold and when it's raining our bodies are just designed to survive and to store energy and sleep and eat and you know gain weight and I need to be more gentle with myself and remind myself that I was not built to you know go out when it's dark and when it's cold and these winter months uh, you know I have a light case of uh, seasonal affective disorder so I am more down when it's dark outside and when it's cold um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's a seasonal depression but I'm definitely not the happiest person during these colder months and if you can relate to that then please be gentle with yourself and lower your expectations and maybe um, make sure that you don't have as many things on your to-do list or if you can then maybe just add to uh, your to-do list just a, a couple of minutes for meditation or for some gentle stretching or for tea time with a good book or for talking with your friends uh, calling someone that you love just make sure that you have those breaks because yeah it's not the time that we thrive in and we need to remind ourselves that anyway thanks so much for listening again i hope that you are having a wonderful day i wanted to say that your smile makes everything better it makes the world seem like it's a brighter, better place. So yeah, smile for me, for yourself and for the people that are going to pass you on the street. You're definitely going to make their day and maybe your day as well. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you in the next episode. by Julia Spohr. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Instagram page, which you can also find in the episode description or by just searching Being Better Podcast. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways to do that. The first one and the best one is just to tell your friends and your family about the show, tell them why you enjoy it and why they might enjoy it as well. Another way to support us is to write a review, rate and subscribe to the podcast because that helps with the algorithm and that helps new listeners find the show as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will speak to you very, very soon.